Hey, hey, Lincoln, good morning. How you doing today on this cloudy, overcast, believe it or not, May 4th day here on How's It Growing? How are you doing today? Hi, I'm Bob Hendrickson with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. We plant Nebraska each and every day at plantnebraska.org. And uh, you can follow How's It Growing on Facebook. Just type in How's It Growing KZUM and follow us there. You get updates on who the upcoming guest is on the program. And today I have Molly Femister, the uh, executive director of Southern Heights Food Forest. We're going to be talking about the food forest, what's new there, uh, what their goals are, and uh, maybe some programming and events taking place in 2022. Uh, if you don't know where the food forest is, well, stick around. We'll talk about it with Molly and I want to remind you, hey, it's Give to Lincoln time here. Lincoln, Give to Lincoln season is here starting May 1st uh, and uh, going till the end of the month. And our fund drive officially starts May 9th, but uh, you don't have to wait until then. You can pledge your support, support your favorite nonprofit. Imagine life without KZUM. Well, wouldn't be very fun, would it? So 474-5086. Pledging online is the easiest way to go. Let's take advantage and get as many people to pledge as possible. The dollar amount is great, but what's more important is the amount of people. Let's get KZUM number one as far as the uh, number of donations that go out to give to Lincoln during the month of May. All right, and then, uh, yeah, you should be busy right now, right? <laughs> and uh, my, my, I had been kind of holding off planting the peppers and tomatoes and mainly because of time getting in the way, but glad I did. It's a little chilly to be planting peppers and tomatoes and eggplants and your warm season crops yet. If you've planted them already and they got nipped by a slight freeze, well, the greenhouses love you because you're going to be back getting more. So wait for that soil to get warmer next weekend. I think it'll be perfect, if not this weekend. Anyway, Mother's Day is a good day to plant. Plant up a garden for mom. And there's a couple of plant sales taking place. Uh, the uh, Nebraska Herbal Society is having their annual plant sale and bake uh, fundraiser uh, this weekend, May 7th, and that's going to be at the New Hope Church at 45th and Orchard, the location where they're always at. So if you're looking to score some great herbs and other plants, check it out at uh, the Nebraska Herbal Society. You can type it in too, but uh, put it on your calendar from 9 to 11, or 9 to 1 p.m., sorry, this Saturday, May 7th. And uh, yeah, anyway, and then they're also the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum is having our first plant sale of the year. Of course, Spring Affair uh, was last week, but we're having one uh, this Friday, a member sale. You don't have to be a member to come to the sale, but uh, you're going to have to be joining when you do come on Friday because it's a members only sale from four till seven. And then on Saturday, you don't have to. Anybody's welcome. Nine till noon uh, on Saturday. So you could go to the... Uh, Herbal Society plant sale nearby at 45th and Orchard, right next door to East Campus, and then swing on over to East Campus. We are there from 9 till noon, however, not from 9 till 1. So check it out. You can go to plantnebraska.org for uh, plant sale dates if you can't make this Saturday from 9 till noon. A lot of great-looking plants. They're looking awesome right now. I'm happy with them. Thank goodness for the rain. Actually dumped out three inches of uh, moisture out of the rain gauge, and I put up the rain gauge after we had received rain the night before. And uh, my oh my, uh, when it when uh, we're, we're begging for rain and doing our rain dance, so thanks to all of you for praying for rain and doing your rain dance right along with it. Uh, it worked right, and a good portion of Nebraska got rain, but I think there's others that uh, you know kind of got left out a little bit. But uh, there's more chances, I think, even today and then again on Thursday, I believe. So more rain in the forecast and kind of keep us in all from planting, but don't whine about it. It is what it is. It's good stuff. So uh, the opening song, very appropriate. Greening up real good because my oh my, is it greening up real good. So for you foragers out there, you could go out literally every day and score something this time of year. This is the time of year your pine trees and your spruce trees are starting to candle, if you will, the little tips, uh, new new growth on the uh, the branch tips. Uh, those are the best to harvest. You can just Google it, uh, how to harvest um, and dry and store uh, uh, spruce or pine tips. You're going to want to do this as the best time of year to do it. All the energy is going out. Wait for a full moon if you can. Uh, I'm not sure when the full moon is coming out this month, but uh, the spruce tips, because it's been so cool, are just starting to elongate now. Good time to get them, and you'll recognize the tips as you're driving by a tree or whatever because they'll be a, a lighter green in color uh, than the uh, than the actual tree. Same thing with pine. 
So it's called candling, and if you look that up, you'll see what they mean by that. The, the new growth kind of comes out in the spring and elongates to a certain length, and that's all the growth you're going to get out of that pine that year, right? So you can actually look at the growth rate of a pine from year to year and find that how far that new growth elongated. And for most spruce, it's only like a couple inches, right? So anyway, um, great time of year to be doing that, and then you can make a tincture out of that. And great recipes online for making your own uh, spruce or pine tip tincture. And uh, you'd keep that around for cold and flu season. And if you can't tell, I'm kind of nursing a cold right now. My voice is a little off. So uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, we got this. And uh, Molly's going to be calling in uh, any minute here. And uh, I'm hearing from Janet. You bet, Janet, to go ahead and call in. But let's wait about 10 minutes. Um, talking about the Herbal Society plant sale. That'd be peachy. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's one thing you can harvest right now, your pine and spruce tips. It's still nettle season. Uh, they're getting up there in size. I passed a couple of big patches today saying, oh, man, harvest me. But they're, gosh, the patch I know of is they're a good foot high, maybe uh, maybe 15 inches high. You can just pinch off the top growth of that nettle, maybe the top three inches, and use that for harvest season because as you get further down the plant, it gets a little, just a little more um, woody, if you will, and harder to harvest and whatnot. But the nettles are probably armed pretty well now, so wear some surgical gloves to harvest so you don't get hammered. <laughs> but anyway, nettles right now, still nettle season. Lamb's quarters coming on strong now. Lamb's quarters, uh, man, uh, if you've never participated in that wild edible, uh, you want to do it. They're awesome. And then uh, Curly Dock is also out there right now to harvest. Violets, dandelions, cleavers, ground ivy. See what I mean? There's something you could harvest every day. So get out there and get that free food. All right, we have a caller on the line, and I think this is Molly. Molly, is that you? It is me. Hi, Bob. Hi. How, are you, how are you doing with this fine weather? <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear you say that you have a cold, too, because I have been fighting one. If I had, for the past couple of years, I've been trying to like understand that I have developed spring allergies, trying to be copacetic about this whole aging nonsense. <laughs> and if I had understood it was a cold, I would have started taking vitamin C right away. But no, I let it fester. So here it is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, and there's other ways for us to get vitamin C in us. And it seems to me one of the wild edibles I was just chatting about before you came on was violets. And it seems to me it's oh, a I good fold, cold preventative, you know. And I've never made a tincture mm -hmm. out of it, but it, it's on my bucket list. And, man, we're just so busy. And I think that's a challenge with, with uh, collecting um, edible plants, uh, wild edible plants, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, is finding the time to do it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things I love about a wild salad because sometimes you go out and you think like, I need to get a gallon of nettles, you know, three grocery bags of nettles or something like that. Right. But if you're just making a salad out of your yard, like you can throw in a couple of violet leaves, a couple of dandelion flowers, just pull the yellow part out of the green part uh -huh. and throw that in the flower. The chive blossoms are starting. That's a really fun addition to the flowers. And then there's a tree out right now that I love. Like, I love the red bud flowers that yeah. are out. And I'm waiting on those leaves because those leaves are pretty good. But the best one is the linden tree. And those uh, are street trees all over Lincoln. Right. And when those leaves are young, I describe to people, well, the leaves are still sort of elastic. And I always get these funny looks. So like, what do you mean the leaves are elastic? Right. But then you try it. <laughs> these like young, kind of semi-translucent leaves. Mm -hmm. That's great. That is wild salad. Our linden tree at the food forest at this point is, oh, I think it's better than knee high, but I don't think it's up to the <laughs> It'll get there someday. Do you? I can't remember. Did you plant the American linden there or the uh, little leaf linden from across the pond? Um, I aimed for. You know, I don't remember. Uh, I'm gonna it, look when the leaves come out. The yeah. American linden has much larger leaves. Yeah, right. Right. The little leaf linden has a much larger salad tree following uh -huh. because Robert Hart has it in his garden in England, and he has one of the oldest temperate climate, modern era, 
uh, food forests in the world. And so people were like, oh, he's got this kind of linden. And so they, they started putting ah, that all around. I see, I see. And I don't know, Molly, have you ever tried this? It has the, you know, your linden is so small, I haven't been paying attention around town. And I haven't uh, tried this yet, but the linden buds, so as they're swelling before the leaves unfurl, Ooh. apparently that is the bomb, like literally the best part. And I still haven't, you know, taken the time to do it because, right, your timing's got to be there. And I imagine you have to have like a maybe a two-week window. So in other words, as that bud is swelling and you can tell the leaves are there, but the leaves haven't unfolded yet, if that makes sense. You can kind of break off those little tips, and apparently they're crunchy and tasty and have a different texture than the leaf. But I know what you're talking about. Mm. You'll see that with red buds too, right? When, when you have new spring growth, uh, the leaves, like you say, kind of this translucent, shiny type of... Uh, and you can see the two-tone part of that if the, the leaves are leafing out and they're a little older than the young leaves, right? Then you can see that difference mm -hmm. is what you're saying, right? Definitely. Definitely, you can see the difference. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I well, talked. I will. Ask me again in about four hours. Right. Oh, yes, I will try it. <laughs> I was talking about redbud last week, and I'm sure people are going, why would I want to, want to go tear off all the flowers of my redbud? No, we're not talking about that. And if you're making a tincture or just having some on a salad, we're talking a little bit, right? You're not going to, you know, decimate yeah. the beauty that you're, that you're right. You have a little bit. And, and I'd highly encourage you folks to make a tincture out of it, uh, vinegar-type tincture, so because it, it's really pretty, and you could use that as a base for a salad dressing, whatever, impress your friends and go, how'd you get that pretty color? Well, it was red bud flowers. Mm -hmm. They'd go, huh? <laughs> no. Really? Are you sure this is safe to drink? <laughs> That's probably what it'd be like. Yeah. yeah. So, well, anyway, folks, yeah. this is Molly Femister. She is the executive director at the Southern Heights Food Forest. And, uh, man, another year coming up, Molly. And, uh, you know, in this, uh, I'll say it, post-COVID world, uh, can get back to some programming, which is great, right? And oh, this time of year, fun. there's always stuff to do at the food forest. And people, always, always. people can go to your website, right, and then sign up to volunteer because mm -hmm. you're always needing help. Southernheightsff.org. And if you go on to there, you'll see along the top, there's a couple different uh, drop-down menus you can pull up. Oh, upcoming events is the one all the way on the right. I, to my, in my mind, that makes it the easiest to get to. So upcoming events, and you just pop into calendar view there, and you can see what's coming on the calendar. One of the things that's new this year, well, one thing that's new is we're actually getting our, with you, uh, perennial foods potluck uh, launch. We're gonna do at least this one in May and another one in September. Um, and the idea is that folks would push themselves to experiment a little bit and also encourage each other because people, you know, you might come with five to eight servings of something. And so not everybody's gonna get to try everything, but there'll be there'll be new things, things you never heard of. Wait, spruce tip, ice cream, what? <laughs> no, like there'll be so many interesting novel things. We have a lot of very creative people in town. And, and the perennial foods, you don't have to, I think a lot of people are a little bit intimidated by that. I gotta say, most of our herbs are perennial. There are a huge right. swath of them chives, oregano, thyme, sage, you know, a lot of those wonderful things, tarragon is even perennial. Yeah, yeah, good point. Let it be. Um, and then a lot of the vegetables that most people are beginning to be aware of as perennial is asparagus and rhubarb. Um, there are others that are around. Um, I really love Caucasian spinach. That is one of the mm. high, oh my gosh, it's a uh, shade loving. It's okay to be dry. Um, it is so adaptable and willing and then it just tastes great and the trick is to recognize these things you plant the seeds and then you think oh I better weed and you end up uh, eating out the plant you just planted I had not heard of Caucasian spinach, so folks just type in that that name they'll they'll see what it looks like and did you have to order that in from somewhere or I love getting my stuff from the Experimental Farm Network. Um, they do a really neat job. They, I also have a wild broccoli rob, mm. like a land race of a broccoli rob from them. But mm. we'll see how that does this year. Um, but they always have something new and something interesting. Cool. You can also, other places are beginning to clue into these. So the, there are more places available, but definitely 
Experimental Farm Network is a great one, in part because a chunk of their seeds are actually coming out of Minnesota, which makes them close to our ecotone. Ah. So where yeah. are they based out of? They have one co-owner in, um, or lead, however they organize their structure, in Minnesota, and the other one's in New Jersey. I see, I see. Yeah. Well, Jersey's... Right, a network of farms. Yeah, Jersey's is own farm. Yeah, that's really cool. Experimental farm network. You would have, you know, like you say, things you would never think of. And I'll also mention a great place for getting some unusual weird stuff, because this whole catalog is like, if it's not edible, he's probably not going to carry it. <laughs> but that's Oikos <laughs> Tree Crops, uh, just like the yogurt. Oh, O-I-K-O-S. Yeah out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, it's been a while since I've ordered anything from him, but uh, my, oh my, always selecting. And he, he's even selected and, and uh, crossed oaks for uh, the best acorns for flower, um, low tannin acorns, so fun mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, neat. Fun Indeed. stuff. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about this perennial foods potluck. So, folks, this is going to be so. Put this on your KZUM calendar. This is going to be Sunday, a Sunday, May fifteenth. So that is a week from Sunday, and uh, we're going to be at the Southern Heights Food Forest. If it's a nice evening, uh, we're probably going to potluck outdoors. Is that right, Molly? It's going to be potluck outdoors. We have three large picnic tables, yeah, and then we're also helping folks to bring blankets and whatnot for sitting on the ground but not everybody if they get down it'll get back up so easy so we do have three large picnic tables available um, and with any luck we might even pick up a little picnic table i know we have a little picnic table for kids on our to-do list this year i don't know if it's going to be here in time um but with any luck it will be plenty of plenty of seating um, available and if it's inclement yes. weather we'll be able to go inside is that correct yes Yes, yeah, Southern Heights Presbyterian Church owns the land. They're gracious. They let us have it. We basically don't pay rent, and they even help with the water bill a little bit. Um, really, really kind folks. So when we have an event like this, I check in with their church secretary and say, hey, can we, what about a rain plan? And that's right. how we, part of how we find our dates for <laughs> stuff. So they do have it set aside. If okay. we need a rain plan, they have a fellowship hall that we'll be able to use and just cross the parking lot and head back in there. Well, thanks for organizing this event. I think it's great, and it, it's something that's been on my wish list that somebody in Lincoln has a perennial foods. And, folks, this can be wild food, too, right? You could go out and harvest nettles. Oh, yeah. You could go out and harvest, uh, you know, make a, a salad out of linden leaves and, and red bud leaves and red bud flower. Make, make a wild weed salad. Wouldn't that be fun to have that? That would be so neat. This is going to be an evening event, so we want you to come hungry. And uh, that is from 5.30 until 7 p.m. Saturday, mm -hmm. May 7th at the uh, uh, Perennial Foods Potluck. So you could go to the Southern Heights Food Forest Facebook page and let us know you're coming. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun if, if folks let us know they're coming, right? <laughs> yes, it'll make it a little bit easier to figure out, uh, do we have enough paper plates? Do we have enough paper napkins and things like that? All of which can be composted afterward. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we hey. will have index cards and pens there so that folks can write down what's in their uh, what's in their dishes, both awesome. so that we can find out, like, hey, what have you been using? But also so that those who are coming with allergies, food sensitivities or something like that gotcha. have a sense for, like, oh, okay, I can't eat this, I can't eat that, and they'll be able to self-select. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have to have an ode to Kay Young, who is my inspiration for Wild Edibles, and I'm going to do Kay Young's world-famous uh, nettle potato casserole and mm. um, hoping to do, um, she also has a recipe for uh, wild mushroom and creamed lamb's quarter greens. I think that would be the bomb. So, folks, we really want you to come. We really encourage you to come. Um, great event, and let's make it shine, and everybody get surprised and get creative. And, man, let's have a whole, whole bunch of people coming together at the Southern Heights Food Forest on Sunday, May 7th, from 5.30 until 7. Hey, Molly, I have a caller on the line. I'm going to go ahead and take that call. Janet, is that you? Yes, it is. Well, Hi, how Bob. you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Good, good. Taking my call. Yeah. I, what's great about this new phone system is I can actually see a caller ID, so I can see who you are when you come on the show. Oh. So, so thanks for calling in. So, Janet, you're calling us to tell us a little bit about the uh, um, Herbal uh, Nebraska Herbal Society's uh, upcoming plant sale, right? Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for announcing that, but I'll just repeat in case someone's just tuning in. It's this coming Saturday, May 7th from 9 to 1 at the New Hope United Methodist Church, which is at the corner of 45th and Orchard, very near to East Campus, so they can also hit your sale. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and 
Um, we, what we're going to have there is a large assortment of herbs of various kinds um, that aren't always that easy to find anywhere else, including scented geraniums. We've um, got a, probably a dozen varieties of those this year. And then we'll also have um, contributions from our members' gardens that they bring in. Um, and then, this is just not a plant sale, it's a festival. So we have um, a bake sale with a tasting table, um, and everything should have herbs in it that we have there. So, nice. Um, and we have a cookbook that we've um, put together, too. So several of the, of the items will be from the cookbook. So oh, you cool. will have the opportunity. Cool idea. And that is yeah. from 9 until 1 at New Hope uh, United Methodist Church, 45th and Orchard. And you've been at that location a number of years now, which is good because then you get consistency. And like you say, it's uh, it's nearby East Campus, so uh, easy to find folks and, uh, and support, a uh, good way to support the Nebraska Herbal Society that does great work. Hey, Janet, did you hear our announcement about this uh, Perennials Foods potluck? I did. What yeah. do you think? Do Molly and I have you convinced that you should go to this? <laughs> um, unfortunately, yeah, I have another commitment. Darn it. Otherwise, yes, it sounds like a great lot of fun. <laughs> oh, come on. Commitment on May 7th, come on, or May 14th, 15th. Uh, now, you know, it's a busy time of year. Yeah, so we'll we'll yeah. see. Uh, you know, I know graduations will probably be going on as well, Molly. That's one thing we, we failed to talk about. But a Sunday night at 530, yeah, people will be able to come. Oh, yeah, well, it's in the evening. Yeah. I guess I missed the time. Yeah, it's in the evening. So you would just have to find time to make something that impress people. And, and, as, and as we talked, heck, it could be with herbs out of your garden, whatever, as long as it's local. Well, thanks, Janet. Hey, let me add we also have some um, herbal gifts mixes herbal mixes for using in cooking oh, and cool. we have a raffle with herbal theme baskets a couple of plants to give away and a gently used garden item area at, awesome at our plant sale so yeah lots you, of things to you do. you guys have all the so. fun yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to be I'm going to be busy Saturday. Otherwise, I would definitely swing on over. But uh, we got lots going on Saturday, so yeah, won't be able to make the sale this year. Darn it! But it is what it is. I I've got herbs. <laughs> I'm sitting pretty. I'm sitting pretty good. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Janet. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. All right. See you later. Bye. 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 All right. Good stuff from Janet there. Uh, good work, Janet. Thank you for Nebraska Herbal Society. Yeah, so I don't know if you've made their sale before, Molly, in the past. Uh, they always have good stuff there. And, you know, because herbs are a little bit harder to find from your regular, you know, type nurseries. You know, they'll carry a few, but not the weird stuff. I shouldn't call not it weird. weird I shouldn't call it weird, <laughs> right? I, I, okay, weird <laughs> is the wrong word. But, uh, you know, unusual, hard to find, uh, you know. Things like French tarragon are not easy to find. Your regular garden center is probably not going to carry them because, yeah, I can relate why they don't carry them. I had a flat of French uh, tarragon for sale all the last year. The, the flat sat there and sat there and sat there and, and nobody was taking any. Uh, if they just knew the power of French tarragon, right? <laughs> they would have they grabbed some. But anyway. Have a bite out in the field. It is so fresh. Your mouth just feels so clean and wonderful afterward. The only problem with the French tarragon is if you take a bite of that and then try to taste something else, you won't be able to. Get <laughs> That's to funny. Tarragon just gets you cleaned up and ready to go. Yeah, and I've made the mistake, too, using it in cooking. A little goes a long way, and you can uh, basically ruin a dish using too much of it, which I've done before. And, in fact, it actually turned me off enough where I was like, well, I don't like that stuff. And then another time I made a dish with it and I used <laughs> sparingly uh, what they recommended, and I was like, oh, now I get what the <laughs> is so good about French tarragon. You know, and at home, another one I have coming up that I'll, I'll uh, get inspired to make something for the uh, uh, perennials potluck is a uh, chervil butter and uh, I've got some nice looking chervil plants right now and uh, always looking for a good way to use those so you basically soften your butter and add fresh chopped chervil I'll probably add some parsley to it and make it something good we'll buy some crusty bread and boom away we go so 
Oh, neat. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, I, it's I a, haven't worked with Treble Munch. Yeah, and, and you want to get it at the food forest because a friend gave me some seed is how I got it. And uh, he said, yeah, I just let it seed around. It, 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 it bolts rather quickly in the spring, and then um, he'll harvest the seed and scatter it where he wants it, right? And it likes to grow in the shadow of other plants. It's a good reseeder. So once you get Cherville there at the Southern Heights Food Forest, it'll be there forever. So. Well, I guess I'll pick some up this Saturday. Right, right. Yeah, hopefully there will be some available at the plant sale. But um, um, I have yeah. never grown it before, so I don't know how it likes containers, uh, if you will. But anyway. Oh, that's a point. Yeah, so if, yeah. You, if you can't get it there, just order some seed and you're set. Or if, I, if my plants, I get my act together, I'll get you some seed uh, this uh, later <laughs> summer. So, uh, oh, Molly, I'm going to have to take a quick break. I'm going to leave you on the line. And we're going to do our take care of our station business. When we come back, we'll talk about some other activities you may have planned for the food forest. Wonderful. Thanks, Molly. Back to you in a few minutes. All right. That is Molly Femister, the executive director of the Southern Heights Food Forest. I'll be back right after these brief messages. Keep it right there. This is KZUM. All I can say is certainly not me. That's a derailers doing a song called Who's Gonna Mow Your Grass? <laughs> and your grass is probably growing uh, pretty substantially after that three-inch-plus rainfall the city of Lincoln saw. Wasn't that a great rain, Molly? Oh, so delighted. So delighted by that. And just in time, because it's about ready to put, poke in the various plants that have been started out in the basement and whatnot. Awesome. So you were talking earlier about uh, putting in tomatoes and pepper stuff. My always, I aim my tomatoes for when the peonies bloom. Oh. And that's that tends to work pretty well. The mm -hmm. peonies I like have that. a good read on whether or not it's getting it's too cold at night or not. Yeah, good point. Yeah. They're like going, okay, I can open now. Uh, all the threat of cold weather's behind us. And I heard another fella exactly. uh, that uh, volunteered for us. We were chatting, and he he and his family they used to plant 28 acres of tomatoes. I can't remember where that was at, but uh, you know, you can imagine if you're planting 28 acres of tomatoes, you're not going to take any chances, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> I think he said, my dad always said, May 18th, and I was like, well, which is probably about the time peonies bloom, right? I would think, depending on the year, um, but, you know, most folks think of peonies as that Memorial Day flower, right? And, uh, which is the end of the month, people, so yeah, don't get excited about planting your heat-loving plants. However, I will say my heat-loving plants are sitting in little pots right now. They're outdoors anyway, right? So I'm kind of like going, all right, dudes, you know, I'm not going to, you know, even though we've been in the 40s, last night I think was in the 40s again, I was like too lazy to bring them inside. But I know they're not going to freeze, but I also know I'm not liking this, right? <laughs> I hope they don't yeah. get stressed too bad, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I have a... What's that? I end up running my peppers in and out. Yeah. 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 I, my problem is I have like six flats of plants out there and it's just like, okay, you know, it's a little bit harder when I have six <laughs> flats, right? Jeez Louise. We got, we got a whole flat of parsley we're going to plant. And I think last year I did 20 plants. We were swimming in parsley. It was awesome. And this year I ordered a couple of, of uh, things, one called uh, spicy blue basil and I thought, you know, I didn't pay attention to the species. Well, and then I looked at it. Well, you look, just like holy basil and I smelled it and I'm like well yeah you're you're a holy basil so huh, I'll have to look at that closer and see uh, if they selected that for this kind of a bluish leaf or does the flower spike kind of bluish anyway I'll find out but and then get this a lemon balm called mandarin orange which is a wow. lemon balm that has a more of an orangish scent to it I'm kind of excited about that one so Anyway, I'll I'll have yeah. to I'll have to bring you some plants on Sunday, people. Sunday, May fifteenth. No, no, no. We're not having plant giveaway. This is <laughs> this is an edible potluck. But we want you to get you get it on your calendar. The perennial foods potluck. Find it on Facebook, and uh, let us know if you can make it or not. We'd love to see you there. Again, at the Southern Heights Food Forest uh, from five thirty to seven. That's at the corner of Fortieth and Old Ch or yeah, Fortieth and Old Cheney. Uh, in case you didn't know, the southeastern uh, corner of 40th and Old Cheney. Easy to find. Plenty of parking. Plenty of uh, places for a picnic. Let's have a party. Let's have a festival. Let's have a party. And a feast. So, uh, sounds feast. fun. And so, Molly, tell me, uh, gosh, how long has the Southern Heights Food Forest now been in existence? We're, it's probably going close to year 10, isn't it? 
getting close, not quite. We're about to start growing season eight. Eight, the okay. The first trees went in in the fall of 2014, so don't quite count that year. Right. Because um, the first full growing season was 2015. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, this is, it is exciting, and it's amazing how much things grow. When I first started working with the food forest in 2017, was sort of like, well, you know, forest in quotes, because the trees were beside me. They weren't over me. <laughs> Not a very forest right. feeling. But things are starting to be tall enough to actually cast shade. Mm. Like the, the walnut trees are big enough that I had to climb up in them to do a little bit of pruning ah, last year. Very good. So that was... So what are they pushing, like 15 feet by now, I imagine? Um, I haven't done an official measurement, but probably in the... 15, all right. Cool. Only 12 foot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still, that's, uh, they'll really continue to push on every year now, uh, oh. a couple, couple of feet of growth. And uh, and so tell me, yeah. we planted walnuts. I imagine the hickories are doing okay. Is that correct? We planted a few hickories there. I know some pecan trees. Um, yep. And some I'm chestnut. Happy some of that. And chestnuts, the chestnuts actually had a decent last year. Cool. That was the first real like, hey, there's a couple hundred chestnuts here. Whoa. And they're still pretty small, so that'll start coming. Uh, some reason I'm, a lot of chestnuts. <laughs> some reason I'm getting a bad hookup from you right now. You're kind of fading in and out. I don't know if it's a, a, a location move. <laughs> You're like, you probably moved yeah. to a different room and it's like going, uh, it's not liking that connection. No, I was in the same spot, but let me go downstairs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it's it's cutting in and out on us, but uh, yeah, and that's really cool because the, we we planted some chestnuts, and gosh, when we planted those things. I know they were grafted varieties that I bought uh, for the food forest that were um, mm -hmm. that were basically selected for large large nuts. So I'm assuming they had some some big nuts on them, right? Yes, yes. Well, and a little bit. There seems to be some variety amongst them. One of them mostly produced single nut in the husk mm. situation. Mm. And then another one had like three nuts in the ah, same husk interesting. on a different tree. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, I, it's fascinating to watch them and to watch them coming and how are they working. And people are going to have a chance to really easily watch them all year this year to see what's coming in. We're doing fourth Friday tours. So in, in the summer, they'll be at about seven o'clock at night. So kind of a lovely wind down to the end of the day. We'll walk around. We'll see what is ripe, what's coming in, maybe what we can do with it. Um, that's there at the food forest. And each month we'll focus on a different topic of what's what can we work on, what's coming soon. Um, I know in May I'm planning to focus on edible flowers. In June I'm going to showcase all of our native and indigenous plants um, so that we have a lot of uh, the indigenous foods that are there on site um, and more as time goes on and keep adding those. Yeah. Um, and then I know in July we're, we're talking about the agroforestry techniques that are happening on site there. Mm. Um, and then beyond that, it's a little bit more like I haven't decided. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine you're, you're probably like, okay, the end of May, you're going to be talking about edible flowers, but you're, if, if you bump into something else, Oh, by the way, you can pick these leaves Absolutely. for a salad, right? <laughs> you know, it won't just be exactly. that I'm assuming knowing you. And, and so this fourth oh, Friday yeah. tour, uh, folks can, again, just go to Southern Heights Food Forest uh, we website and click on events and get it on your own calendar. And uh, so what time frame then are you going for on these fourth Fridays? Um, through the summer, we'll do 7 p.m. Okay. Obviously, that won't work in the fall, but we'll do right, right now. It's enough light um, that there's plenty of light to see um, and what's going on. Golly, I know in July and August we could make it nine o'clock and it'd still be enough light. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, it's so sunny. Yeah, that um, is, that's great. The other exciting, we have two other exciting new ones coming up. Um, we're doing monthly playdate stuff. We started doing a little bit of that last year um, for the kids. So on May 22nd um, in the afternoon, I don't have the time in front of me, we're going to be doing some playing with clay. So kind of working nature play with clay where the kids have a chance to fiddle with it, see what it feels like, try pine poems or movement. It's actually going to be led by some of the amazing folks from... Oh, 
darn, you're cutting out again now, Molly. You're cutting out again. I don't know why. Can you, you probably not, you're probably not able to tell on your end of the phone, right? I'm sure. But, but yeah, it's like I'll hear three words and then it'll kind of disappear. And if I'm listening on the other end, people are probably going, what did she just say? (laughs) So I don't know if that's frustrating. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully I can hear you now, but you, you come in loud and clear and then every once in a while I'll get a little, you know, dead zone or whatever. Yeah. A little blip or whatever. So we heard most of, we heard most of that. So, uh, this, uh, uh, this, this thing for the kids, what's it called again? Clay play in May. Clay play in May. I like it. And so that is going to be when the kids come and play, they're able to do this outdoors in the, uh, kind of the kids zone. Is that right? The outdoor classroom that we have. Yes. Cool. Cool. That yeah. sounds that sounds great. And then in that outdoor classroom, there's actually a stage nearby. I don't know how uh, you guys are doing for uh, any sort of musical uh, events taking place. Do you have any of that planned yet? Where you're going to have music? We don't have any of that planned yet. We are putting together. We were given a generous grant by uh, Humanities Nebraska this year. We're putting together two cultural foodways presentations where we have a panel of speakers from different groups around town. Um, Lincoln is full of interesting people from all over the world. And all of us have these different relationships with the land, with the landscape, with the food that the land provides for us. So we're getting different people from different groups to share with us what has their story been, what is their relationship with food, how does their culture interact with the land and the, with the world around them in terms of developing a relationship? Um, oh, I'm looking for better words for that, but it's the cultural foodway stuff. One of those will be in uh, June. We're working on the specific dates. Uh, some of our speakers are farmers, so we've got to work around harvest uh-huh. schedules and whatnot. Um, and then another one will be very likely in October. Um, so right toward the end of the season there. Great. But I expect wonderful things from those that be such so interesting to hear from different different people. No doubt. Uh, it, yeah, great great events that you got coming up there. And and again, folks, uh, it is on there. If you didn't get those dates or whatever, um, just go under upcoming events at the Southern Heights Food Forest page, and you will be able to find them there. Like you said, not all of them are up there yet because you have to get the date nailed down, uh, but you can check that often. And, and so, again, you had talked about, uh, we mentioned volunteering, and I think you have a volunteer workday scheduled for this Saturday, don't you? I do. I do. Most Saturdays season, there's at least a couple of us there doing something. Um, this Saturday, I know we're working from 10 to noon um, and next Saturday also. And some of that is just getting everything in for the season. Um, so on this Saturday, we have, and, and then there's also some building projects that need to happen. This Saturday, I know we have a couple more grapes that are getting planted. We have a couple of service berry trees that we need to plant. Um, They're tiny, but they will get bigger. I'm very excited about these service berries, Bob. No doubt. These are varieties from back east. Cool. I know from Virginia and the D.C. area have much larger fruits. And the advantage of that with service berries is that if the fruits are small, the birds love them. And so you never get to eat the ripe service berries off the tree. (laughs) When the fruits are larger, you can actually eat a ripe service berry and you cannot believe how good they taste. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember prior to you getting these, I don't think we planted the service berry back when we planted, did those first plantings. Darn it. We should have gotten that done way back when, seven, eight years ago. Hey, Molly, I hate to interrupt, but I have a caller. I have a caller waiting on us. Uh, Hey, Dan, sorry to keep you holding there. uh, How can we help you there, kiddo? Oh, that caller ID is a little scary. Isn't it? You know it was me, and you wouldn't have to answer. Right. Anyway, (laughs) this is a little bit off. This is off subject, but I want to... Do you... I'm sorry. Do you have any... Okay, I've just read the news lately 
about the housing development on the edge of Wilderness Park or right across the I don't I haven't actually looked at the map, but I understand it's opposed by some people who have been there before, don't like to go oh, and I know there was a hearing the other day that I didn't know about till I heard about it later. Uh-huh. But anyway, do, do you, I mean, I don't know, is that a in civilization encroaching on the right to the edge of Wilderness Park? And is that something that there's I don't know. Apparently, it could still be. It's not a done deal yet, right? But right. I don't know. Yeah, do you, you have, can. Do you have any feelings on that subject? Yeah, you can certainly still make your voice heard. You know, contact your city council and and tell them there's better places to build houses. You know, and even if you leave Wilderness Park out of this, in my opinion, where they're putting this and they're planning on closing Old Cheney at the Highway 77 exit. So where's all that traffic going to go once they close Old Cheney? Oh, it's going to go to Pioneers. And now you're going to build a, whatever, 500-unit development. I think it's apartments. I'm not sure. And and who's living in all these Even apartments? It's like there's a, there's new apartment complexes going up everywhere, it seems. And I'm just always curious, so are, are those like, are they booked? <laughs> you know? But no, I, I just, it's going to be on the western edge of Wilderness Park. And I don't know if they're going to have a buffer zone. Like, there's good oak trees, but down at the base of the Sand Prairie, all the way along that area, uh, that western side of, of Salt Creek. Um, are those baroques going to be removed? And if so, there's going to be big erosion problems. And of course, the developer said, "Well, we're going to build a fence." Oh, great! You know, uh, good for you. You know, that's that ought to keep the water out. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you can certainly still make your voice heard. Um, unfortunately, in, in this cat's opinion, uh, money talks, and <laughs> I hate to say it's a done deal, but it probably will be a done deal if we don't let our voices be heard. Let you. Uh, I guess the, I heard the mayor could veto it but I, that, I don't know yeah so that's that oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. there but that must be private property that was adjoining the park that, right right you know because it's not park they're not taking part of the park except right. by environmental impact exactly yeah and then there's the fish farm with the uh um you know you know sacred that's land right. you know yeah that's that's what made the news i thought yeah. with the native american uh yeah, that sand that sandstone prairie up there is a unique feature there, and is not a lot of people right know. North of, of Fish Farm. Yeah, it's right north of the Fish Farm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so Sweat Lodge it's a it's a sacred site. It's basically a church. You know, if you want to say, okay, let's destroy a church. Hmm. Oh, yeah. and that's some unique flora there too, as I recall. From exactly. College. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. I'll let you go. Thanks, Dan. That. But anyway, so people. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, Molly, if you have anything to say about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot, right? Yeah. 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 Um, the food force itself is focused on food. I, as a private citizen, am definitely uh, in support of the Native Americans who are fighting for their right to not, for the first time in 500 years, be chased off of their sacred land. The the sweat lodge that's at the flying fish farm uh or just the fish i keep calling it a flying fish farm i think it's just the fish farm but the sweat lodge that's there dates to when native americans were finally given the right to freedom of religion the rest of us in the u.s take this for granted we think oh 1632 maryland had freedom of religion like this is before we were even a country well it wasn't until there was a court case in the late 1970s that Native Americans actually officially were told, yes, you have the same rights to freedom of religion as everybody else. And the sweat lodge that's there dates to that time, uh-huh. dates to that era. And that's really important. Um, there's legacy, there's history. And if you can picture, like, it's, if you can picture being in a place where the the goal is to commune with nature to have the ability to quietly reconnect with the land around you to kind of wash the uh, the mush of the city off of your mind um, and calm back down. It's what most of us go to Wilderness Park and Pioneers Park and whatnot. We love our parks for that. Right. And this is, this is what this space has been very explicitly. So this idea that, oh, we could just move to a different place to have this sweat lodge is like, well, no, not really, because this has memory. There's a lot of memories embedded in this land, right. which is part of what the, the faith 
connects with. And part of it is uh, we shouldn't have to. Um, the owner of the land that's being developed is the uh, Catholic Diocese in Lincoln. Um, and the Catholics and the indigenous population, that's a whole large uh, history to be unpacked and re-understood and re... Um, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen right. um, and that at least requires direct conversation. And I say all of that as a private citizen. The right. food forest is, is everybody. Um, the food forest, you're welcome if you're Catholic. You're welcome if you're Lakota. You're welcome if you're Yazidi. You're welcome if you're everybody there. Please know that I will, I, I have disagreements with even members of my own family. Right. <laughs> um, and we're still able to get together and have lovely holidays. That's and right. that's what the food forest should be, is sort of a permanent holiday. That's for sure. That. Yes, so exactly. They say music is the great communicator. Well, so is our cultural mm-hmm. connection to food. And uh, that's breaking that's what it's all about. Together. Yeah, breaking exactly. bread together. Exactly. Good stuff. Almost every faith out there has something about breaking bread together, and that's what we're doing. Amen. All right, I have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Who are we speaking with? This is Don. Good morning. Hey, Don. Sorry I couldn't answer your call early. All I can do is, I think, I'm assuming that was you trying to call earlier, so thanks for your patience. You bet. No problem. Say, I have a spot around the mailbox. It's out by the curb, and, uh, oh, it's four by six square that I'm looking for something, an annual, that's maybe a little bit different uh, instead of petunias or begonias or whatever. Right. Yeah, some sort of annual you want to put out there. Well, let's see. There's uh, lots of options, obviously, right? Uh, have you ever heard of a plant called Angelonia? It's got a fun uh, name. I know, but I'll look it up. Yeah, Angelonia is a great bedding plant, loves the heat. Uh, it can take that heat, meaning it wouldn't, you won't be a slave to, well, annuals, you know, you got to water them, right? That's the, that's the big kickers. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I just love its heat tolerance. And uh, there's another one that's on the tip of my brain, and I can't remember its name. My problem is I every year I do more perennial plants and trees and shrubs and herbs and blah blah blah. Dang so when it comes to, when it comes to bedding plants, I'm like going, oh, what was that again? Dang it, I can't remember. Um, and I don't do much with annuals either. I I much prefer uh, like cone flowers or uh, right. okay. something. Mm-hmm. Portulaca is a fun one. Yeah, there you go. The moss rose. Uh, um, that that'd be easy too, and uh, tough as nails. I saw that. Yeah, I've tried the ice plants in the past, and they do well. Mm-hmm. Vinca is another good heat lover. I'm assuming this is out in a hot, sunny area, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Vinca, uh, not the not the Vinca ground cover, but the Vinca bedding plant is really known for its heat tolerance as well. Um, it can really, oh, okay. yeah, Vinca. And then if there's all sorts of new zinnias on the market, um, including even the old fashioned zinnias, the, the pollinators love them, and uh, so yeah. it, that's a good one to plant, uh, in in my opinion. Um, Oh, I'm sure after we hang up, I'll think of 10 more. You know what I mean? You know how it is. You put me on the spot, (laughs) Don. That's all right. I appreciate the input. I've been looking at the shops and waiting on the weather and the ground temp and all that. Yeah. Here's another one that just came to mind, salvias. So you have your salvia farinacea, which is uh, the bedding salvia. There's there's a a red one out there I really like called Lady in Red. And, man, is it a – you have to deadhead it to get it to keep blooming. But sure. it, ha- it has uh, cherry red flowers. Uh, so the, uh, when the, um, um, in the fall, when it would be in full bloom for you, uh, you'd probably catch a few hummingbirds coming by because uh, it's a hummingbird favorite. So look up Lady in Red and see what you think of that one. Well, thank you. I appreciate the uh, information. All right. Thanks for the call. See, see you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right, good stuff, Don. Hey, that was a good question. You know, of course, Molly, my my brain went right away to, well, should we, uh, um, how does one say, mention an edible plant? (laughs) You know, we sure could have done that. Heck, why not plant some basil out there, right? Whoops. Oh, you still there? Sorry, I I shut off the the mic there, Molly. Sorry about that. I asked you the question, and then I didn't even have you on. (laughs) I'm sorry, what did you say? Basils and bell peppers both yeah. do well in that situation, and I just I just love how the bell peppers look as they come in later in the summer. They take a little minute to get started, 
Right. But basil is fun because there's so many different varieties. You can get the purple leafy opal basil and yeah. the Thai basil and the lemon basil. There's so many wonderful different ones. Yeah. And then if you bump into them when you go to get your mail, Woo. Right. That's kind of that's where my brain was going too. Um, and and I remember Roger Swain uh, way back from the Victory Garden. If you remember that any TV show, uh, Victory Garden, Roger Swain on the he gave a talk once, and he said we have to start moving our vegetable gardens and our plants that we utilize for food out in the front yard, not hide them in the backyard. Why? Yes. Because that starts up conversations with people walking by, and you get to know your neighbors, and you know, and maybe you're out there in the mailbox, and your neighbor across the street just got home from work and you do your usual hey joe how's it going pretty good yeah have a great night whatever right and that's all the words you say to each other in the last five years so if you have those plants out front you're more than likely to kind of share your parsley or your basil or your peppers or whatever you stuck in there create a little mini herb garden have fun with it and oh by the way there's a plant sale this weekend at the nebraska herbal society <laughs> to score some of those herbs yeah, and, and you could do perennial herbs too, right? It could be, you know, French tarragon, and I know you wanted some color in there, but you could always put in some perennial herbs and plant the color around them and then let those perennial herbs have a year of establishment, and then the next year, you know, you're going to have a, a bigger baby, if you will, in there. So that's something to consider too. Have fun with it. Either way, four by six, you got enough room to play, that's for sure. All right, Molly, I'm looking at the clock, and once again here on How's It Growing, it's the fastest hour in radio and always a fast hour with you, Molly. And, uh, folks, uh, Molly and I want to remind you again, go to uh, Southern Heights Food Forest Facebook page. Um, I'm sure you'll have it on the website eventually as well. But the uh, perennials, perennial plant uh, potluck, uh, perennial foods potluck, we want to see you there on Sunday, May 15th at 5.30 until 7. Get creative and have fun. Absolutely. It is a wonderful time talking with you, Bob. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was wonderful to talk with you as well, and keep up the great work, Molly. Thank you. All right, Bye -bye. see you. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, that is Molly Femister from Southern Heights Food Forest. You can follow them on Facebook, and again, love to see you at the potluck. We'll talk about it more in the coming weeks, um, but uh, my... My foraging friends that are out there in the world, and even if you're not a forager, heck, you could make root, strawberry rhubarb pie, right? Or you could bring us some fresh asparagus and make a dish of that. Come on, that, that's really what we want you to do. Now, but anyway, I'll see you next week right here on How's It Growing. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week, and get out there and get your hands muddy.